This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to Boiled Peanuts, the only podcast that rationalizes the obscene into the palatable. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And this is also known as, uh, this is season three, chapter uh, episode four, chapter 30, also known as the one that starts to lose me a little. Ooh. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, I was riding high on that third episode thinking, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not at the point where everybody else seems to be, but it's... Things are getting a little crazier. Spit uh, on Jesus har- and you lose Jim Jones. It was getting even harder to follow. Um, there, it seemed like there was some thematic stuff they were doing here that I wasn't quite picking up on. Yeah, I I don't know. This one left me kind of scratching my head a little bit. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I've always felt like I knew broadly what was going on in Frank Underwood's mind. And at the end of this mm-hmm. episode, I'm not sure and maybe that's where we're supposed to be at because even claire seemed to be concerned about like this you feeling guilty and and uh, allowing your emotions to seep in and uh it's kind of like you're being a you're being a human frank stop it yeah yeah but yeah like um do you think that the final scene of him spitting on Jesus and it, it, it shattering uh do you mm-hmm. think that that was an homage to the classic west wing uh, you know, you've been you've been watching a lot of the West Wing of late. Uh, President Bartlett coming in. <laughs> when we say a lot, I'm like six episodes yeah, yeah, into yeah, the first I mean, season, okay. so I haven't seen this. You scene. haven't seen this episode? Uh, no, but we went ahead and watched it here yeah, before we because a lot of people made the connection. And yeah, I think it could be an homage to that. Sure. Um, now Bartlett seemed like he was a devout man of God, and just genuinely angry about yeah. things that people get angry with God about. Um, and you know, he disrespectfully smoked and then snubbed the cigarette out in God's house. Uh-huh. The 2015 update of that is spitting on the crucifix. Um, it's, you True. know, like I said, I'm an atheist and I'm a dog in this fight, but I always find it very shocking somehow when people are profane. Okay. Like I, you know, profane in the actual sense of the word not in yeah like as in like like kidnapping and shit no 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 like like kidnapping the baby jesus out of the manger on the leftovers it's like you know that kind of stuff is always um i don't know i got i still have a little bit of that enough in me that i can be shocked at that kind of behavior like a reflexive sort of thing also the fact that frank would do something so it's kind of like i pissing on your dad's grave Mm. I can justify it because there was he had walked for like a country mile and he was behind the hill and you know 
the odds of a photographer being there is going to be very low. And I guess this is like two o'clock in the morning at a church, you know, secured by the the Secret Service. To be fair, this show looks like it is perpetually two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it's so dark. It's so dimly lit. Yeah, whatever the magic hour is, yeah. uh, it's this always takes place at the opposite, uh-huh. the dark hour, the d- darkest of night. Um, I don't know. We should we should talk because a lot a lot happened this episode that was directed by Tucker Gates, who directed the last episode, mm-hmm. and so see there if you want to know his qualifications. And written by Laura Essen, who was a staff writer um, and story editor on House of Cards through season two, and wrote two seasons from last year's run. And that's about all she's done. Hmm. Okay. So, um, yeah. Not much to say about the the actual mechanics of it. I also want to talk about some fun casting news. Uh, season, uh, the Bishop Charles uh, Eddies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, played by um, the guy who played uh, Captain Rawls in The Wire. I can't remember his and name. And also the guy who plays the Pope in Borgia, Borgias. Does he? Yeah. Yeah, he's in a lot of things. I, I couldn't also... help but see him as the Pope. Like, like Frank Underwood is convening with the Pope here because of my having seen two seasons of that. <laughs> I'm like, no, it is not the Pope. It's just some father at a church. I think he's a bishop, though. He's like a high-ranking right. dude. Sure, but, but uh, not he, the Pope. <laughs> and he's um, he also plays uh, Falcone in uh, this last season of Gotham. Hmm. So okay. where do we want to start on here? Um, let's. You want to stick with the Francis plot? Because sure. a lot of things have weighed on his mind. He mm-hmm. was moved by the burial of the three Navy SEALs in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um do you think he's bothered by the fact that he forgot to press F to pay his respects? <laughs> uh, well, he might be if this turns out to be a scandal for him. I don't he, know. He's a Call of Duty player. That's got you yeah. know everybody knows you gotta you gotta you gotta do that. I think so. <laughs> um, let's see. He, he's also moved a little bit by the guy with the blown off legs. That too, Mah- Mahmoud, I believe is his name. I, I don't know. I he, haven't caught his name, and I haven't caught. Honestly, where he fits into the story, really. So he's an he I, he's an I, American citizen that was visiting family. And I he get just, it, and he had his legs blown off in a drone strike that was authorized by the president. I get that part. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure, like, why Frank is apologizing necessarily to him uh, in person. Like, that doesn't seem very Frank Underwood to me. Uh, I I just don't know why he's there. Well, so I, to me, like, I took that as that that's that's a politically expedient thing to do if you can if if you can meet with the president, which I've always heard. Yeah, like yeah. no matter how much you might hate the current president, uh-huh. when you get in a room with him, this guy, these guys tend to be so preternaturally charming mm-hmm. and so focused on making you feel good and you're important, and he's the one of the most powerful men in the that it's like even if you're a massive detractor, it's hard not to just turn into something of a fanboy. Hard not to jump up at dinner and yell and pour your champagne on the table. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're unless you're uh, you know, a, a double amputee or a pussy riot, it's hard to do that. Sure. So I think that there that's a calculated risk. It's like I'm gonna apologize to man, it costs me nothing. It's there's no mm-hmm. press here. If I can turn him kind of like similar to what he did with the the parents of the the um teenager that oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Took a photo of the peachoid and ran off the road. Yep. Um, he had to go to Georgia to visit them, so. Yeah, I mean, you can try to turn a detractor into an ally just by the force of your charisma. It didn't work this uh, in this opportunity. Yeah. But I also think that the guy, the Mahmood guy, had a point that he realized halfway through the conversation that he wasn't there to apologize. He wanted absolution. Yeah. 
And this is something that I think Frank is starting to like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Why I've, I've killed people. I pissed on my father's grave. Why am I feeling guilt for how I'm treating Jacobs? Why am I feeling guilt about this Mahmood guy? Why am I feeling, you know, guilt about the three Navy SEALs that I deployed and then buried? And is this character growth or is this? It's it's potentially, yeah, character growth. Like the twisted thing about House of Cards is I could see this as the show – this is a, a a weakness of Frank that he is going to extinguish on his way to sure. victory, uh-huh. which is always an odd thing. Like, you know, oh, there's a there's a piece of humanity or loyalty that's been a thorn in my side. I need to ex- ah, now I can see everything clearly. Yeah, in most shows, you're rooting for your main characters to have those epiphanies and come to those conclusions, right? Right, but not in House of Cards. No, House no. Of Cards, I wonder you if... want to see him kind of kick ass and take names. Yeah, I think they've established that relationship with their audience to to a, a well deserved degree. Um, so a lot of things blew up for him. We we opened up the episode with this Dunbar character who, until this episode, we had no idea she had any kind of political ambitions. Yeah. Um. Now she's going to be a credible. Democratic nominee. Uh, she also is the heiress of a massive armored car fortune, mm-hmm. Dunbar's armored cars, which that's like, is there a lot of money in the armored car market? Well, they're skimming. They're skimming <laughs> off the top. <laughs> handling. Cash Our handling trucks fee. are always coming back light. We Let's... handle your cash. We take 5%. That's the handling fee. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just felt like that was an odd thing to base a family fortune on. Because it takes a ton of money. All to right, run. Well, so is ketchup. Like, oh, oh no, we're, I bought... we're Heinz. We're Heinz. Is there a lot of money in hey, ketchup? Hey, it's not like... just ketchup. It's beans, too. Are you forgetting? <laughs> Are you forgetting the beans? You're right. My apologies. <laughs> I don't give them nearly enough credit. That's the beans, but the billions. It puts a B in billions, man. But, you know, it's not some high-powered thing, right? It's just like... That's true. Okay, it's not a major software company. It's not a, a big, like, lobbyist company or right. media conglomerate. It's there's probably beans the, and ketchup and armored cars. There's probably the king of linoleum in this country who oh, makes a yeah. billion dollars on linoleum floor. Oh, yeah. Uh, f- fuck, the, uh, the grocery king. What was... What's his name in Fargo? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a wealthy man, uh-huh. right? Yeah, yeah. Supermarket king. Yeah. Uh, so she, uh, he almost gets her. If he hadn't done such a damn good job of talking Jacobs into s- staying out of his wife's home and staying on the bench as long as he could, mm-hmm. uh, it's another one of his plans that he tried to undo and it didn't work and it blew up in spectacular fashion. Yeah. Because... Uh, he didn't, I guess, account for the fact. The, if, if Doug Stamper is in his office, Doug Stamper knows that she's got ties with the Supreme mm. Court, and he would have said, "Oh, boss, you, you're you're you're, yep. you're going to shoot yourself in the dick here." Yep, I think you're right. Seth, Seth o- Seth's over his head. Yeah, Seth has a hard time just dealing with the press. Yeah, Stamper could have done that with one leg. What's that woman's name? Al- Alia. Ayla. A- Ayla. Like Sayed or Saeed, I think. Ayla a- Saeed. His heavy-handed tactics with her is going to blow up in their face, too, right? Uh, yes. I, I can't see. Like, her line about, you know, you, you're really going to kick a member of the press out of the White House immediately after delivering this soliloquy on free speech. Right. Come on. That's going to look terrible. Right. And she 
she is a senior reporter for the second largest newspaper. It's like the you know Washington Post or New York Times sure. or whatever. Yeah, that does seem like something you just can't do. I'm with you. I don't think that's a good idea. It's this very. I mean, like he's like, well, you can't prove anything, but do you need to? I mean, literally the day I, I guess. I guess the White House could spin it that, well, look, she was a hothead and she pissed off her other people and they pulled her credentials. What do you want us to do? Which is the yep. truth. And they can say, look, we don't have any influence on whether or not they pull their her credentials. Because really, he doesn't have the power to do that, right? But he he can certainly talk to those people and influence them. Yeah. That's going to end badly. I think so, yeah. <laughs> can we talk about uh, Stamper? All right. Doug makes a literal shadowy offer to Dunbar to be her, well, I guess her, her Doug Stamper. Exactly, yeah. It, and they've done, I think... Except no substitutes. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've done, uh, Doug will accept prostitutes, though. Especially okay, if they have yes. their bourbon salute, uh, syringes. Absolutely. Do you think that they've done a pretty good job of setting this character up to where it's equally believable that he is going to take her down from the inside and then present her head on a platter to Frank as a way to get back into his good graces. But you could all, I think they've also done a good enough job to show him being spurned that he's fed up and he is ready to do, to move on. You're absolutely right. And it's like that loyalty and love could be turned into hate and scorn very easily. Yes. I think they have walked that tightrope perfectly. Uh, I I could see it going either way, and neither of those would be com- like a come on moment. Right? Do you think Dunbar is a credible threat to to Frank? Uh, potentially, yeah. She seems very intelligent, um, especially when you know that she going into that meeting with her uh, being appointed the chief justice or getting getting his nomination anyway. She plays that very close to the vest. So mm. she seems tactically cunning as well. Uh, my bigger question on this is how the hell is Dunbar going to trust Stamper? Well, that's the thing. Cause he, his... he spouts off all this information he could give her, but that is exactly what Frank would want him to do. If Frank were putting her, putting him in that position. And he's the kind of sleazy wet works guy that yeah. she is completely repulsed, uh, at Frank, uh, for, yeah. So if she takes Stamper up on his on his offer, that tells us as an audience a lot about what type of politician she's going to be. It might be I interesting so. to actually see a politician who is a maverick and who will not be bought. And yes, they might lose election in spectacular fashion. Yeah. But also, she was hit deep into the investigation and brought down Walker. Yeah, yeah. Which really, until Frank judoed it, was the investigation to bring down Frank. Yep. You're right. <laughs> I don't think she's forgotten any of the, the facts of that case. No, she hasn't. And that's, you know, a big contributing factor in why she can't trust Stamper. But I'm I, saying I think... it's like she might be one of the ones instrumental in taking down Frank Underwood because she's going to, yeah. you know, she's still got this keen investigative mind mm-hmm. that could be bent towards his destruction. No, I'm with you. Um, Stamper. So if they're wanting me to believe if if they decide to go in the future in that direction where Stamper is actually working for her legitimately, they've got to do something extraordinary to make me believe that she trusts him, right? There needs to be some kind of, uh, Stamper needs to reveal something to her that it is just completely out of their own possibility if he were working for Frank. Hmm. Okay. 
Yeah. Um, let's see what else we have to talk about. Uh, things with Russia. Uh, as predicted, Russia vetoes the resolution yep. to... Again, the only thing I know about this is it's called the um, uh, Jordan Valley, and it involves several thousand American troops in the Middle East. I don't know to what yeah. end and everything, but they sure. blocked that m- movement. Uh, China abstained, but since they're a permanent member, they get to do that. So then Claire and it immediately seems like long- a smart move for them to abstain. <laughs> Claire immediately moves into uh, you know Operation Kathy's plan. Sure, this is exactly what she is. expected to happen. Yeah. Uh, and she's surprising. she's got the Israel is Israel Israel's involved. Uh, seems like the French is involved because she got to show off her speaking of French. Yeah, did we know that she spoke French before? Was she speaking French with the artist guy from? I, I want to say that season? there was something about her being able to speak multiple languages. In one of the one of I, the things, I feel like there might have been, but it's been a while. It doesn't surprise me. Yeah, she seems like the type of person that would be able to rattle off a language or two. Sure, I mean, especially I struggle in their with position, English, so. Uh, I mean, like being a politician on the world stage, that probably helps a lot. Mm. Uh, and just like Frank reading the Quran, you know, he's he's boning up. I feel like, yeah, that was a little disingenuous. He was just doing that to try to make a point to this guy. Yeah. Uh, but being knowledgeable about other cultures around the world is not a bad thing for a president to be. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. We also, the, the kind of things that heat up, uh, the things that are heating up in Russia is there's a high-profile American from New York, uh, from Ithaca, mm-hmm. uh, gay rights activist, high-profile gay rights activist that gets arrested in Russia for in connection to protests, and they yep. are essentially holding him as hostage. Yeah, basically. Or I for mean, leverage. It, it, certainly. I mean, they, you know, they veto this thing, and Claire is working against him, and this guy just happens to get arrested at that time. Sure. Uh, that's That's on purpose obviously do you how do you think claire is handling this russian ambassador to the united nations hmm she, not super well yeah because as he points out um probably ruder than he has to but that's kind of <laughs> way the show rolls um i don't have a power over fake putin sure i'm not married to him i don't have anything yeah. you've got more power in this relationship you need to bring your guy to heal if mm-hmm. you want to uh you know in this uh, amicably yeah, I, I was interesting. It, I thought it was interesting to see them working together, kind of on this goal. Like, I, I don't think that the Russian ambassador is is trying to get uh, fake Putin Petrov's wishes through the UN, right? Like, he's he's actively working against him. It seems mm. like working yeah. with Claire to devise a strategy that will work here. Yeah, so. It's clear that he's not on board with what Petrov's doing either. Is it? Or is that just his official line? Y- you might, Yeah, you might be right. That's Maybe the, that's what Petrov wants us to think. That's the thing about this <laughs> show is that you never can... The only people's motives are tr- are, that I trust are the ones that get to break the fourth wall and tell us what we really think. Yeah. And even then in this episode, I'm not real sure. <laughs> when we get to the final scene, uh, we'll talk more about that. Okay. Uh, the only other thing we really need to talk about is Gavin's Gavin. plot. Yep. Uh, turns out the FBI has a finite amount of bandwidth mm-hmm. that you can consume before it just gets all shut down. It's, Time Warner sends yeah, them yeah. a look. You need you need to pay for more gigabytes. You need to up your plan. No, no, no. He explains this later on, yeah. I, and I know you caught this, but right. it's basically an internal bandwidth cap. Like it sets off alarms if they see you doing something that 
eats up a lot of bandwidth outside of like your normal day to day. Sure. Uh, so it seems like that's the that. kind of yeah, like an FBI would be wise to be looking at outlier type things. And he almost got caught, and that was kind of an. A, 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 it's kind of like uh, you click on the wrong link at work, and uh, it's. <laughs> All of a sudden, the pornography plays at max volume, oh, yeah. and a bunch of pop-up windows cover, and you're just like, ah, shut it all down. Uh, uh, that's kind of what he was doing. And you can see your boss walking past the windows outside. <laughs> yes, that would be the worst, would it not? Sure. Um, and this is essentially what happened, except for he could be, you know, tried for treason uh-huh. with all his other charges probably brought back. Yep. Uh, and he complains to Stamper. It's like, look, I... I'm looking for Neil in the haystack, and I don't have enough personal juice to do this at the FBI without getting notice. Yeah. So Stamper gives up uh, Rachel's uh, lover from last year, Lisa, mm-hmm. and uh, Gavin's able to track her down to a support group meeting. And he tries to find common cause with her over the fact that uh, you know he had a lover let let her go. Sure. For us, the audience, we know this is – it's very obvious what he's doing here. Sure. But for her, I – it might come across as, you know, oh, I I feel very sympathetic toward this And I'm guy. glad that they, I thought that they were going to, like, have them get coffee and, like, this was going to be one episode. Yeah. And I'm glad that, yes, I thought everything here played exactly right. That he laid the, put the seeds there. She nibbled mm-hmm. on it, but it wasn't like she just threw herself at this, like, oh, I can't wait to unburden myself to a stranger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do you think this is going to go? Coffee scene later on. Really? <laughs> no, seriously, I think... But classy. They'll, they'll let yeah, an episode go no, by. Definitely. <laughs> no, they are. They're laying the framework for them to uh, have more interactions and therefore divulge more information. I'm just... I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how he's going to social engineer her because this is a very complicated call well, he's already this started is, i know but this isn't exactly calling up a secretary and and saying i'm the head doing, of accounting i need uh, yeah you're john's doing, password yeah you're, you're yeah <laughs> I'm, we're doing a security audit and we need you to do yeah. a bunch of stupid stuff and you're an idiot so you're going to do it uh this is a little bit more delicate and i don't know no. how much experience he has with that kind of stuff i don't know he's a hacker Quote, the scare quotes there. So sure. we know that he's evil and duplicitous and sure. is very experienced with this stuff. Do you? So the other thing that there got mentioned is that what he really wants is his travel ban list lifted because that's the yeah. only way he. It seems like if they wanted to bring the, um, you know, Snowden circle complete ah. mm-hmm. and, and bring this into the Russian thing, is they're going to find a way to get him to Russia. How, how would you feel about that i don't know well it is it depends. cool that they're tying it in that much to the real world events or i are, like are you kind of yeah not with that fourth wall sort of thing um no i i like the fact that they're they're tying it to current events i okay. mean what else would they do like yeah it's weird though that sometimes the show wants to be this really realistic political pot boiler i think um uh, Homeland suffers from the same thing. Hmm. They want to be like this political potboiler, but they also want to go gonzo sometimes. Yeah, and do gonzo they want to be a drama slash thriller as well. And I don't know what Gavin going to Russia gets them. Like, are we going to see? You know, they're going another uh, pussy riot video. He's going to be in it. He's going to be dancing on the cars. Uh, final, it, final shot. The weirdest, always sunny in Philadelphia tie-in <laughs> episode ever. Uh huh. Lots of milk and bathrobes. Uh, but seriously, I don't, I don't. He gets in Russia, and then what? Prokhorov is able to get him to divulge some of Frank's secrets. 
okay. Like the Russians are the ones going to bring the scandal about Rachel the Light? I, I just, <laughs> that would be so weird. So yeah. I'm saying, yeah, I so get him going ridiculous. to Russia and that'd Over be a connection, but how the hell can they make that connection? Do you think they need to? No, I don't. That's, that's my question, dude. Do you think that Gavin needs to be an instrumental piece in bringing down Frank? Couldn't it just be that he gets Stamper the information... He goes off to Russia. We never hear from him again. Now it's up to Stamper. Is he going to use that information to bring Frank down? Yeah, yeah. I think that's plausible, but it's weird to have a guy go to Russia where we are heavily involved to plot to Russia and that those plots are not entwined. I can't see it yet. Okay. But I'm just saying that that would be – it kind of violates the law of you know writing economy to introduce those redundant things and not actually have them. Well, maybe that's not where they're going. Maybe he's not going to Russia. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, let's talk about this late night meeting with the bishop, mm-hmm. uh, who is a high ranking Catholic official. The Pope. He is the Pope, <laughs> and he rides a Bonneville. He rides a British oh, yeah. mo- motorcycle to work in every a night. In a 60s motorcycle jacket, too. Sure. I assume he doesn't wear a helmet because what's he got to be afraid no, of? No, he had a helmet. Oh, he, had, did he? he had an old school biker helmet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just, you know, the chin strap type? Ah, I saw the motorcycle jacket. I didn't see the helmet. Um, he was palming it like a basketball. And uh, big hands on Riles. He's a tall man, yeah. He is. He's. I'd say he's a solid six-footer. Anyway, he's Frank's there to, it seemed like, because I don't think he's playing the bishop. I don't think so. To what end? I don't like, know what end possibly there could be for, uh, for him playing that, but he's there. Is to, this Dunbar's bishop as well? <laughs> oh, God. It's all coming around. It seems like that he's asking a... Honest-hearted question: What is justice, and and what is your yeah. opinion on what does it mean to do good? And I don't know why Frank Underwood. Like, I get him having a crisis of a, con- a crisis of conscience, and okay. this might be kind of like him playing with his toy soldiers and finding meaning with his family roots from last uh-huh. season. Yeah, yeah. But this doesn't. I would have bet that Frank Underwood, and I felt like that there was maybe a fourth wall segment where he talks about that he's an atheist and he doesn't believe in God. I never got the impression that he lends any credence to the Bible whatsoever. It'd be hard for a guy like Frank to do so. He's very amoral I think so, when yeah. it comes to that kind of operation. Um, but but I, then there's like, but then uh, Father the Pope here, whatever his name is, he also has this kind of roundabout way of looking at even the most obvious of the commandments. Thou shalt not kill. He says, well, that well, that's open to interpretation. And then at the end, he says, you know, if all of these things are open to interpretation and your only mission to, is to serve God, then that basically means that you are free to do whatever you want to do. Well, that's the interesting thing. It's like, yes, that, thou shalt not kill, but it's cool as long as you love your enemy. It doesn't seem to make any sense to me. And that, like, maybe it's because I don't care to rationalize this for them. Sure. You don't care uh, to make it palatable. <laughs> yes, I, don't. I really don't. Uh, but I did not understand this scene whatsoever. It seemed to be shocking for shocking's sake. Like, we needed, it's been a few episodes since Frank's done something outrageous. Uh, we need him to kind of lash out and do something, and we'll have him spit in Jesus' face. Just have him tap his ring on the desk again. I'm okay with that. Rap, dude, give give God a, fit, a good firm oh, ring. Yeah. Put him on notice. There you go. Give you the ring wrap, God. Uh-huh. I've got my eye on you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. And then Jesus uh, falls off the cross and shatters, which 
again that seems like it could be a that seems like it could be a political scandal it could be and it, it's Tonight also on Fox a News. bad omen right god tells frank underwood where to stick his prayers as he shat he is, is he <laughs> he tears himself off the cross rather than listen to another word <laughs> it's it's definitely a bad omen for him <laughs> i think yeah do you think this will actually become part of the plot moving forward like will we get no, a sub a sub scandal about so. the hmm. I, I think that would be why why Will we see? Like he's got bigger scandals. He's got the free speech thing. He's got the the uh, lawyer coming after him now, Heather Dunbar. Will he get some plywood from Home Depot and hand carve a new <laughs> Jesus with Beatles quotes uh, burnt into it? Yes, he will. <laughs> <laughs> It'll just be a, a driftwood. Uh, driftwood Jesus. Jesus <laughs> up there on the cross. Uh, this knotted up beard. What would you think of his last line? Well, I got God's ear now. Cheesy. Pretty cheesy. Real cheesy. Not in the, like, enjoyable way? No, no. In, like, the, okay, I get where people are coming from when they say that this show is kind of getting ridiculous, uh-huh. kind of cheesy. All right. Uh, so what 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 do we need to happen in the next few episodes? We need to see Frank win some battles, or is this really going to be, you know, I, I was kind of amazed that they're interested, introducing some new statecraft things, and, like, well, maybe we'll get a chance to see this Machiavellian president, like, you know, mm-hmm manipulating the reins of power but it could be that they're still on track with what i thought the original trajectory of the season was which was going to be a long fall of the house of frank underwood maybe that's what we're going to get could be could be there's certainly a lot of adversity right now he got he's got to win something though yeah before his ultimate downfall yeah he's not going to go out without a fight sure all right uh, shall we get to some feedback? Okay. As always, you can give us feedback at houseofcards at baldmove.com. We also have forum threads conveniently uh, sliced up into the chapter segment so you can uh, participate without being spoiled or without spoiling each other. A uh, couple of emails and forum threads. Ashley Ocean from the Midwest said uh, she's kind of over this show. Frank and Claire are over-the-top characters of evil. Do you put Claire in there? I don't... Not so much. Yeah. Um, she's tried to do a lot of good. Her foundation was devoted to, yeah. you know, water. And... No, it wasn't. It was devoted to her ascending well, to power. That's the thing. <sighs> yes, but she's done a lot more good along the way than Frank has. I guess. You got the peach <laughs> fully lit at night. Oh, great. <laughs> Wonderful. I fully so you can see a big ripe ass up there on top of the water tower. <laughs> Perfect. I fully expect Frank to murder and or screw every single person he comes in contact with. If I thought they would massively fail and face humiliation, I might skip ahead to see that. I thought the foe of Putin episode was just awful, in particular the state dinner. Huh. But I admit I was appalled at Frank spitting in the face of the Jesus statue. Pissing on his dad's grave is one thing, but that one action saved me from further marathoning of the show. That's exactly what it was supposed to do. And I honestly think, uh, Ashley, that they are going to massively fail and face humiliation. Like, Probably. I would be honestly surprised if this is Frank and Claire triumphant off into the sunset. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be interesting, but I just don't think that we're going to go there. Uh, Trippy from St. Louis said, Spitting on Jesus was a bit jarring for me. I wasn't offended or anything, but it seemed like one of those this doesn't really fit the situation type of things. I didn't see how things had happened up to this point that rated a spit on Jesus moment. <laughs> Do you? I kind of get that too, that this felt like shocking for shocking's sake. It didn't it, make sense. It was supposed to be shocking. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I get uh, it was supposed to be shocking. I know. When they I filmed know. that, they must have. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. He's he, a lot of his plans are coming crumbling down. You know, I mean, between the Democrat, the entire Democratic Party aligning against him, saying we don't want you to run, uh, and now all of his best laid plans uh, just being destroyed. It's I don't know. It's tough for him. Arctor from the Netherlands said, I agree it was kind of weird of both of the pissing on the grave and the spitting on the Jesus. Personally, I wouldn't have written a character to do anything symbolic and non-utilitarian like that, especially if it could potentially expose him as a sociopath by witness. I would have made sure that everything the character does is to serve his agenda. I agree with that. I feel like that that's where they're kind of going wrong here, is that some of these things are not doing any... Frank's always at his best when everything he does serves multiple purposes all to his end. And a lot of these uh-huh. things he's doing, um, it's, it's pettiness, honestly. Yeah. Um, Michael McVie says, am I the only one who thinks Frank may have bit off a bit more than he can chew with Dunbar? I feel like she will be Tusk 2.0 only with actual political pull of her own this time. Although Tusk had the president of the United States, so not like he had he zero have, he did pull, but the president doesn't have much power as we found out. That's what we're finding out. <laughs> But uh, when he's an unpopular president is kind of fucked. Yeah. I believe that I'm not the only one who believes that Doug is not going to try to work for her, but is just planning himself as a mole in her camp for Frank. Or does anyone think that Doug was telling the truth to her? I could go either way. Yeah. Yeah. They've done a really good job walking that line. Uh, Ben R has, uh, he says, after listening to the iceberg and firewall podcast, I finally understand why many highbrow critics deadpan the show citing the leading characters as inhuman and the supporting cast as being too stupid with the theme being too heavy-handed that that's just the way Washington is. The truth of the matter is that many people are uncomfortable discussing the psychological mechanics of power and influence. Hmm. The supporting cast isn't stupid, they're human. I feel like House of Cards portrays typified themes and social engineering as being pretty true to life. My theory is that the likes of Feinberg and Seinberg find it un... Feinberg and Seinberg? Who the fuck are they? (laughs) Feinberg and Sevenwall find it unnerving (laughs) that unsuspecting people going about their lives are so easily influenced into doing the bidding of some Machiavellian power wielders. The people that don't understand or are uninterested in the machinations of usurping power will cast a show as Washington political parody, but this show is really much deeper than that. It's a psychological study of how to win in negotiations of cultivating influence, and I wish critics would own up to the fact that they're actually turned off and uncomfortable by the ideas of an engineering powers as, as opposed to writing off a brilliantly produced show. Hmm. Some good points there. Uh, or, th- or some good analysis of the show itself, I think. Well, I mean, I've seen many articles over the last few years of psychologists doing profiles of like CEOs and politicians, and it's mm-hmm. uncomfortable that many people that are attracted to those positions of power show a lot of the characteristics of sociopaths. Mm-hmm. And in fact, you might need to be a sociopath to be effective in these kind of jobs because you can't, it's very much needs of the many overweigh the needs of the one. But how do you say a guy who's got his legs blown off? How do you say that to them? How do you bury these people that are sacrificed along the way? I mean, I thought it was interesting that they had the Captain Rowell's Bishop Rawls open up with the Abraham story where he was ready to gut his own son because God asked him for that sacrifice. It's super hard if you are a functioning person with empathy to make those tough calls and to live with them. Absolutely. I I think, I don't know. So there's also the job of these people to get everyone in the public to understand why they make the decisions they make. And, and that should be a part of the discussion too. And that never is. That yeah. never is. The, the The discussion is always, these are the decisions we made. Uh, deal with it. 
And I think it's interesting. Like we and talked I, to, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, speaking to his point, it's because a lot of people just don't, don't, aren't equipped to think in that way. Right. You know, they, they don't want to, or they can't for some reason, uh, understand that, yes, there are tough decisions that have to be made. It is not always black and white and the gray area is large. Well, I think it's, that's telling when big campaigns are, you know, won and lost over trivia. Yeah. You know, like a guy strapped a dog to the roof of his car one time. Jesus. So how can we trust him with the launch codes? I feel comfortable getting a beer with this guy. So I want to trust yeah. him. Do a guy you? changed his mind in Congress after 20 years. Yeah. Well, yeah, he fucking changed his mind 20 years later, of course. Right. So I, you know, that's that's a problem with politics, you right? You probably thought Power Rangers was a great show when you were a kid. <laughs> Go back and watch that and tell me that's a good show. Um, you I, changed your mind. Do you think that um, – sometimes I feel like that I don't know. Like when Frank says, I want to get some some things – I want to create 10 million jobs, it's open whether he's doing that because that's just a good thing to do or whether you know he's really obsessed with his power and legacy. And we talked yeah. about like you know even if he's a liar, mm-hmm. you can't base a powerful legacy on smoke and mirrors. History is going to judge you on what you accomplish. So you – even sociopaths are motivated to do big, good things. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, um, because that's what being great is all about. Either as long doing as terrible things or doing awesome things. Well, it could also be the legacy of having your name on buildings and leaving a fortune to your family by swindling the country. Like, there are a lot of different definitions of success, uh, successful legacy, right? Sure. I mean, yes, if you want to be known as a great president and great leader and a man who brought the country into an unprecedented prosperity and that type of shit, yeah, yeah, you'd need to do some great things. But that's not everybody's idea of success. Hmm. All right. Anything else? No. How about no, the act, the fact that the actor that plays Jacobs, mm-hmm. Chief Justice or Je- Justice Jacobs, looks a lot like ex-President uh, Jimmy Carter? Okay. Who was a famous peanut farmer? Uh huh. And he's all about the boiled peanuts. Well, he he was he was convinced this time to be about the boiled peanuts, right? He wanted to be. He was all about the boiled peanuts. He oh, was he was just, looking at that brain, bowl like that. That's that's not brain food. It's kale chips to brain food. Yeah, but, you know, it's it's. Uh, he wanted the peanuts. I like kale chips. You well, like what's kale? wrong with kale chips? You yeah. like kale chips, really? Yeah, you ba- you put you smear some bacon grease on kale chips. You salt. So it you up like and bacon bake grease. It. Well, okay, maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's more fair than than I like. I think I've chips. cracked the you code. You smear bacon grease on just about anything and bake it, and I'll eat it. Uh, yeah, Rick should try that in The Walking Dead. Some bacon grease on dog some food. dog food mm-hmm. makes its own gravy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay, House of Cards at baldmove dot com and forums at baldmove dot com. If you want to get in on the feedback train, one more thing. Yes, before we go out, uh, this Alzheimer's thing mm. when he is saying please vacate your position. Don't let your legacy be one of uh, failure at the end. Do you think Frank is going to make that a reality now? He, you know, he's like, I don't do, do I need to destroy this man? I can't. Well, now he might be able to. Well, I mean, I, I don't know to what end, like, so do you call that check off asshole? <laughs> like, Dunbar is not going to accept the position. There's a gaping anyway. asshole on the screen. When will it finally? You're right. I mean, uh, I don't know. It's like it seems unwise. I when Frank was saying this, like, yes, you're you're definitely not being altruistic, 
but this guy is flirting with his legacy because this mm-hmm. it he's already told a bunch of people. Yeah, that's not untrue. This will get leaked out. Francis himself could leak it out. Yep. And it is going to, with politics being what it is, instead of just sober analysis of whether the decision is good, it's like, oh, Justice Grandpa's up there drooling and yeah, and, yeah. and banging his gavel. Like we gotta, you know, it's like it, it. That's the way it will happen. So, so maybe he gets this guy uh, kicked off the Supreme Court for you know being unfit or something, and then he puts someone in there who is more sympathetic to him than Dunbar would have been. Uh, I don't know. I don't know because Dunbar is not accepting that position. Yeah, I don't know what it gets him at this point now. Yeah. Um, I think it, I think we're not done with that though. Well, I mean, it would like last year he manipulated Jackie into knifing her betrayer, yeah, through some kind of thing. Maybe he will find some way to disgrace or, or threaten Dunbar with political disgrace mm-hmm. or irrelevancy, and he will then say to Jacobs, "Look, I'll still put her on the Supreme Court because what can a Supreme Court justice do?" Uh, to to keep him from becoming States. president, yeah. There's not nothing, nothing they can really do. No. Um, I will still make sure she gets that post if you step down. So it'll be him helping out her friend. Say, I mean, I there's a lot of different ways they could spin that. But you're He's right. Veto her candidacy. <laughs> <laughs> the president could do that, right? <laughs> he'll he'll uh, she will lobby the other chief justice to not swear him in. There you go. Constitutional crisis. Didn't put his hand on the Bible. He's not sworn in. That's right. He spit on the Bible, as a matter of fact. And and then it exploded. He insisted on it being the Quran, and then he spit on it, too. (laughs) And then he cleared war with Russia, China, the entire Muslim war. And he dropped the 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 world. (laughs) France. Get France in there. Sure, sure. We'll be at war with everybody except for the Dominican Republic Mm -hmm. and Britain. Okay. And then surprise Cuba. Yeah, yeah. By the end of the series, he's got to keep cigars in his in his. That's true. Office. That's true. Yeah. Uh, the black the black market train's got to keep rolling into the White House. All right, that's it. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next time. Until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. See ya. 